Hi, and uh, welcome back to the Talent Spark podcast. Um, today, we're continuing our investment theme, and we're speaking to Daisy Ford Downs, who is the head of investment programs at Firstport. Welcome along, Daisy. Hi, thanks for having me. Great to have you along today. So, um, Daisy, do you want to give us a little bit of insight into your investment background and and the role that you do at Firstport? Sure. Uh, so I guess my my investment background is really just the story of, of how much I like working with entrepreneurs. Uh, my my first job, I kind of accidentally joined a startup uh, and it just it just grew from there. We were uh, sort of a mission led startup that were focusing on working with other businesses to help them with understand their impact on biodiversity. We were planting trees and having a lot of fun. And I just completely fell in love with entrepreneurship as a way to make change. And so yeah, I wanted to work with with other companies, and that's how I got into investment. I understood that to to really make change, I needed to understand how the money flowed, and you know, help the money flow in the right direction. So those people who are really, really out there on the front lines making change. Uh, so I I joined Deloitte. I trained as an accountant, and from there I joined Scottish Investment Bank, which co-invests in private deals in, in Scotland into high growth companies. That was really exciting, but I really wanted to to dig into how we make positive change. So I moved into social investment, working with social enterprises to fund them in, in areas of disadvantage. Uh, and now I work at Firstport as, as you said, head of investment programs. And my main focus is on the Catalyst Fund, which we just launched in June. Uh, and that is a revenue-based fund for early stage social enterprises. So a lot of social investment is sort of traditional loan-based, so fixed repayments over a fixed term. This is a bit more flexible, a bit more equity-like for you know those early stages where things are unpredictable but you know there's a whole lot of ambition there uh to to really grow and that's the the stage we want to be helping entrepreneurs uh, i'm also a chapter lead for um, a global organization called zebras unite which is helping people who are um trying to you know, build startups outside of the kind of the venture capital narrative looking at different ways that we can um build startups and, and drive innovation uh, and I'm also a scout for a venture fund in London that invests in underrepresented founders and overlooked markets. Wow, busy, <laughs> you got busy, <laughs> uh, busy schedule. Um, yeah, so, yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, you, you, you've seen uh, how, how have you seen investors react over the last uh, the last year? Obviously, the pandemic's had a, an impact. But from a social enterprise business point of view, how, how has it uh, impacted those businesses? I think, uh, as with across a lot of the business world, it's been a mixed bag. Um, there have been some who've, who've really, really suffered as, as things have, you know, changed, and we've faced this period of extreme uncertainty. You know, impossible to plan. But we've also seen a huge amount of support within communities, uh, particularly local communities, supporting um, social enterprises and community-led businesses. People want to engage locally. They want to engage with their neighbours and support what's happening around them. So some social enterprises we've seen have enormous success uh, and really been able to um, to support their communities and, and be really successful uh, commercially as well, which has been great. Yeah, it's been it's been quite interesting actually. That community feel has really come through, hasn't it? As, as people have kind of banded together and, and really helped each other out, and presumably that's helped a lot of the social enterprises who are, are maybe got a little more of a local focus. Absolutely, there are quite a lot of you know, really local community-focused social enterprises, as well as ones that are more sort of thematic and focusing on communities of interest. Yeah. So I think it has been those particular community shops and cafes and things like that, where we have seen more people 
just going to the local, local high street or their local providers, even local producers uh, going straight to their cu customers uh, during the pandemic. And, and people have really embraced that, which has been, been great. So, so as things start to unravel, and hopefully they do, and, and we, we get back to something that resembles normality, have you seen, um, you know, is the investment landscape looking fairly strong, fairly positive, particularly in the social, uh, social enterprise sector? Yeah, I think so. I think with the increased ability to plan a little bit more hope and, and, and positive positivity that, that things will, will get to at least a new normal, if not the old normal. Yeah. Uh, I think we are seeing, uh, we're going to see quite a lot of activity uh, as people put into action those plans that they might have been sitting on during that period of uncertainty. Uh, but now, you know, there, there is the opportunity to, to really put things into action. Uh, and we're seeing a lot of people engaging post-pandemic with uh, themes of sustainability, um, community, uh, and really wanting to put their ethics into action in the way that they consume and the way they invest. So I think that will have a huge impact on, on sort of investment trends in, in social enterprise and in purpose-led business. So, so just thinking about it, actually, it's a good point. Just going on to the, we uh, we're sponsoring the, the the young company finance event this year, um, and part of their theme is competitive advantage. Um, so, so thinking about that competitive advantage, what do you think uh, differentiates businesses in these areas, and what is it that investors are looking for that um, you know from a from a differentiation point of view? How are they differentiating their investments? So, I think it's um, as with a lot of you know, investment across the board, a lot of it's about the team and about the drive and about the passion. Particularly in social enterprise, we have a lot of people with very diverse experiences and backgrounds, and they bring that insight into, into their businesses. Uh, and so they understand new markets, they understand where that value lies in ways that maybe the traditional investment uh, uh, and business landscapes aren't seeing. And I think it's a huge amount of opportunity there, a huge amount of competitive advantage when you have that insight that other people uh, maybe don't have. We know that investment is incredibly homogenous on both sides of the table. It doesn't look diverse. It doesn't represent uh, our population and our society. So the more we can bring different perspectives out and uh, enable people who have different backgrounds and different insights into the value that they uh, they experience, uh, then I think we'll see a lot of, of um, investment value come out of that. If we're directing uh, capital to, to flow towards those great ideas that previously haven't, you know, haven't received the attention that they should have. Yeah. And you mentioned before um, just about um, seeing more sustainable uh, ideas and, and businesses and products coming through in, in terms of uh, renewable energy and so on, uh, you know, with COP26 around the corner. Um, are you starting to see quite a bit of that now? Is that coming through in the, the pictures that you're starting to see? Absolutely. Uh, I think that will be a, a huge focus. I just saw some statistics today on uh, you know, environmental concerns are you know, second to in people's minds after COVID-19. So mm -hmm. once the pandemic uh, fears and, and, and implications begin to fade, you know, sustainability will be top of people's minds. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's not just the younger generation either. Older people are, are also you know, wanting to engage with this. So we are seeing a lot more people understand that we've got a huge problem, but a huge opportunity to to address um, climate crisis and, you know, the, the, the difficulties that our ecosystems are facing. 
So I think there's a real opportunity here and people are being really innovative with how they address this and how the, the problems are interconnected in terms of you know, inequality and, and social problems with climate uh, and really engaging at a, a local level. People are asking, what can I do? What is the difference I can make in what seems like a huge global problem? And so we're seeing you know, ideas right from the very, very small scale to right to the really huge global scale. I think that's really, really exciting and some really innovative technology as well coming out as you know, uh, as to how we can you know, really bring large scale change. I think that's it, isn't it? That if you know, people take action at a local level, um, then you know, as a, a, a grander scale and a, a larger scale, perhaps we can we can make that difference that we need to, you know, and, and, and that uh, supporting these businesses and diversifying your investment portfolio will, will hopefully help that. Um, so so just thinking about going forward then, um, from First Port's point of view, what's what's next? What's the, the, the next steps for, uh, for First Port? So we'll be continuing to, to, to build on what we've been doing. Everything we do is, is guided by you know, listening to social entrepreneurs and to people who really want to make a difference. That's why we launched the Catalyst Fund, because we were hearing that there was this gap in, in social investment where early stage entrepreneurs weren't able to, to access the, you know, the funding that they needed to develop technologies or to, to build their revenue streams and, and prove what they were doing. So we're going to keep going, doing that. We'll, we'll be listening and we'll be uh, implementing you know, the, the solutions that we need to really see social enterprise and purpose-led business lead the way, solve the problems that we're facing and, and really capitalise on those opportunities. So, so you talked about the, the Catalyst Fund, that's fairly new fund. Do you want to give us a bit more information on that? Sure, this, is, uh, this has really been my pet project for such a long time now. I'm really interested in how different funding instruments can help us to produce different outcomes, to invite different people, different types of founders to participate in entrepreneurship, because not everybody wants to see the same, build the same type of business or see the same type of outcome. So a revenue-based fund is uh, an innovation that I think we've really been waiting for. Revenue-based financing is really taking off in uh, digital businesses uh, and it's providing a type of loan finance that actually works when your um, revenues are perhaps uh, uneven, but you do have revenue, you do have a business and you can capitalize on that to access financing. And so for social entrepreneurs who don't have uh, equity, can't, can't raise equity investment because that would compromise their social mission, loan funding is really all they have. So, and uh, most of that, as I said, is, is traditional loan financing, such as you would get from a bank. Whereas a revenue-based loan is a lot more flexible. You're paying a percentage of your revenue to repay the loan. So if you have a good month, you pay more. If you have a bad month, you pay less. Okay. And in that sense, it's a lot more affordable, a lot more patient, uh, and enables us to help entrepreneurs to get from those early stages uh, up to the point where they can access further growth funding or they can access a commercial mortgage, things like that. We're helping them to, to prove their, their revenue model uh, so that they can go on and, and, and grow to become whatever it is that they they, they achieve a success, they define a success. So, so Daisy, you know, your remit expands beyond Scotland. Uh, you, you know, you're, you're in different regions. So what are you starting to see in different regions across the country in terms of investment? So I think there's still a lot of activity focused uh, in, in London. But we are starting to see more interest outside of that. And I think the pandemic has actually been a, a boon in that sense in that everybody's been online and it's mm -hmm. been a real leveler. You can now pitch to investors anywhere across the world. 
you know, if they're, if they're open to that. And I think it would be to their disadvantage if they weren't. So um, and I'm particularly focused on you know, scouting for deals in, uh, in Scotland uh, and in the regions and making sure that our entrepreneurs have as much access to, to venture capital um, where that's appropriate for them. Uh, as as those who are based in London, and I think that's that's really important. It's another factor in making sure that the best value opportunities, the most value creation, actually happens. That people aren't being ignored for you know completely uh, irrelevant uh, factors in our modern world, such as you know, where they're based. I think we have a huge opportunity here in Scotland. We have a lot of innovation, uh, and I'd really like to see you know more money coming up from from London and where the funds are focused. Uh, investing in our entrepreneurs. And do you have some, some, I suppose, some hints or tips or anything you can you can advise for for the guys who are up here or for the companies that are up here? You know, how how to attract that investment? I would advise entrepreneurs to to you know think thematically as well as ge- geographically. You don't just have to engage with the investors in your in your region. Mm-hmm. Look at who's really really uh, engaged with your. Uh, your area, your industry, uh, and who's going to really provide value on your cap table? Who's going to open networks for you and bring expertise that you like, uh, that you need? And I think you, you have such a uh, an opportunity now to engage with investors beyond your doorstep who are really going to bring that value. Yeah. Perfect. So, if there's a, a a social enterprise out there that's looking to 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 speak to you guys and, and think about investment, how do they get in touch with you? Where should they where should they look? I think the, the website is a great resource. You can find out all of uh, the things that we're we're doing on there. So, business support and funding, as well as investment, uh, and so that's firstport.org.uk. That's great. Well, listen, thank you very much for your time today, uh, Dizzy, and uh, yeah, I'll hopefully perhaps see you at the conference, the Young Company Finance Conference. Great. Thank you. Thank you for having me.